0: So very, very much. How many of you are glad that uh, Brother Dave, not so young, is here with us in this conference? Isn't that great? And as far as not looking at the offering on the premises, never look at it at all. Give it to your wife or secretary and never look at it and you'll never be discouraged. Amen? That's, That's the way to handle that. I figured that out a long time ago. All right, we're going to talk about your assignment this morning, your assignment. You know, old people think the best days are behind us. Uh, Young people think that perhaps the best days are in front of us. But the truth is, the best day is today. And uh, we need to do everything we can today, and we need to do it with excellence. You know the parable of the wealthy man who gave talents to three of his servants. Two of the servants multiplied the master's wealth. One of the servants buried his talent in the ground so as not to lose it. The two servants with increase were rewarded, but the unprofitable servant was punished. Now, what does God expect from you and what does God expect from me? God expects us to use the gifts He has given us to the max. Now, every created thing is designed for a reason, and every person has an assignment. And your assignment is to solve a problem. That's your assignment. Dentists solve teeth problems. Doctors solve medical problems. Carpenters solve building problems. Plumbers solve plumbing problems. Truck drivers solve transportation problems. Mothers solve emotional problems. Pastors call spiritual, no, solve uh, spiritual problems. <laughs> that was a joke. Just kidding. Just kidding. And you were created to solve a problem. Now, the type of problems you solve will determine your reward. I I want to tell you that uh, brain surgeons are paid more than uh, people who stock shelves. And and the fact of the matter is, your rewards are commensurate uh, to the problems you solve. And wealth is is the consequence of solving problems. Now, I'm not talking about money, but I'm just trying to give an illustration that uh, you're going to be remembered for one of two things. You will be remembered for one of two things. Number one, the problems you caused. Or number two, the problems you solved. And you want to be remembered for the problems that you solved. Jeremiah chapter 1, you have your Bible. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 1. And we're going to stand, and, and Brother Nick's going to read verses 4 through 10. By the way, Nick is 25 years old and available. And uh, we have a, uh, we have a uh, spiritual marriage uh, arrangement. So see me, in the, a small feet, girl, small feet, just see me. In. All right, let's stand to our feet. I shouldn't have said all that. Stand to our feet. Jeremiah chapter 1, Brother Nick, verses 4 through 10, please. Let's uh, bow before the Lord, and I want you to thank God for speaking to you right now. Just thank the Lord for speaking to you in this session. Thank the Lord for speaking to the people to your right, to those to, to your left, to those in front, and to those behind. Thank you for talking to us. Amen. You can be seated. Now God spoke to Jeremiah and he said to him, I knew you before you came out of the womb and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. That was his assignment. Acts chapter 13, the Holy Spirit said, separate uh, Paul and Barnabas for the work whereunto I have called them. Now the most important thing in life is finding and fulfilling your life mission. Let me say this, you don't decide your assignment, you discover your assignment. God spoke to Jeremiah and told him, I have ordained you a prophet to the nations. You don't determine your assignment, you discern your assignment. You don't don't decide your assignment, you discover your assignment. And your creator has created you for a specific purpose. And it's your responsibility to discern your divine assignment and get on with it. You know churches in North America, basically people have been told for a long time, come, come. Sit, listen, agree, support. That's what they've been told. Come, sit, listen, agree, support. You know what a lot of them do? Come, sit, listen, agree, support. I want to recommend that God has a purpose beyond being faithful at church attendance. That God has an assignment for every human being. And I'm just here to tell you, the happy, happiest day in your life is when you identify your assignment. And, and brother, you, uh, you get on with the program. Tons of people have never identified their reason for existence. But when you identify your assignment, that makes it easy to know what you ought to eliminate. And I want to tell you... Uh, Elimination, subtraction, is a fantastic thing. <laughs> now, you can't do everything. And I want to say that you've got to limit your focus and con- concentrate your time and energies toward your assignment. You are uniquely equipped for your life purpose. You're only going to succeed where you're, obs- where you're obsessed. The only place you're going to succeed in life is where you're obsessed. People who are successful are obsessed with what they're doing. Paul said this one thing I do. He said I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Now whatever consumes you is where you will prosper. Now similarity brings comfort. Birds of a feather do what? Mm Mm-hmm. So how come, how come uh, congregations throughout our country are typically filled with similar people? Well, it's because uh, similarity brings comfort. But your difference is your reward. Your contribution is not how you're like everybody else. Your contribution is your distinction. And I want to tell you, uh, you are a reward for somebody. Would you believe there's some people that's been waiting their entire life for you to walk in? And when you walk into their life, They're your assignment. You're their assignment. And I'm telling you, they are going to be greatly helped and blessed because of the difference, because of the things that God has taught you. Now, let me say this. Not everybody likes you. Not everybody needs you. Not everybody wants you. But there's a lot of bodies who are your assignment, and they want you, like you, and need you. Would you believe there's some people that don't like me? Can you believe that? I'm staggered by that, I just can't believe that, but not everybody likes me, not everybody needs me, not everybody wants me, well, th- they're not my assignment, and I'm not their assignment, so you got to figure out uh, your assignment and get on with it. Now, let me talk to you about understanding your assignment, we have some notes on your little paper right here. Uh, your assignment is always to a person or a group of people. Your assignment is always to a person or a group of people. God ordained Jeremiah a prophet to the nations. People groups were his assignment. And your assignment will always be to a person or a group of people. Aaron was assigned to Moses. The Old Testament prophets were assigned to the nation of Israel. Old Testament priests were assigned to the temple. Noah had an assignment. Uh, to preach and prepare an ark and to save his family. And that's what he did. Paul was assigned to the Gentiles. Uh, Husbands are assigned to their wives. Wives are assigned to their husbands. Uh, Parents are assigned to their children. Children are assigned to their parents. Uh, Pastors are assigned to their flock. Missionaries are assigned to a people group. Angels are assigned to believers, the heirs of salvation. Uh, your assignment is always to a person or a group of people. So in the home, uh, uh, how, many, how many are not married? Lift your hands right there. All right, Nick's not married. where do you go? Nick right there. He's not married back there, so uh, we'll pray about it. Now, uh, yeah, if, if, when you get married, you have an assignment to your husband and to your, or to your wife. You have an assignment to your children. Everybody here has parents. They're your assignment. Man, you're assigned to them to honor them and respect them and obey them. So, uh, your assignment is always to a person or a group of people. Now, number two, your assignment is geographical. Your assignment is geographical. Now, uh, the Bible says in verse 10 that Jeremiah was set over the nations and the kingdoms. That was a geographical assignment. I notice there's a burden here for the uh, nation of Iran. Well, that's going to be somebody's assignment right there. And your assignment is geographical. Now, sometimes when you're in the wrong place, there's no blessing. But when you get in the right place, there's incredible blessing. The Bible says that Paul and his clan in the book of Acts were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Remember this? They were heading off for Asia, but the Spirit of God stopped them. Then they essayed to go into Bithynia. And they got another roadblock. The Spirit didn't allow them to go. So they wound up going into uh, Macedonia when they heard that call, come and help us. So they went to uh, Philippi. And and there they were, uh, sitting in prison, uh, Paul was, and writing one of the greatest books on joy uh, that, that could be imagined. But you see, your assignment is geographical. Now, can I say, you need to go where you're celebrated and not where you're tolerated. You need to go where you're celebrated and not just where you're tolerated. I'm telling you, if there's tension all the time and, and you're not a fit for every place and every people group, but, but brother, you need to go where you are celebrated unless you're a prophet because you'll not be celebrated anywhere. <laughs> but, but you need to go where, where you fit in is what I'm trying to say. Now, there comes a time sometimes when you've got to shake the dust off your feet and move on. I personally believe that we've got a lot of people uh, that uh, are trying to pastor churches who would make excellent deacons. And we have some excellent deacons who would make tremendous pastors. And someday you've got to figure out what your giftedness is, where you fit, what you have the capacities and the anointing to do, and get on with it, all right? So notice number three, if you would, your assignment will be opposed. Just because you have a God-given assignment doesn't mean you're not going to have any problems. It means the opposite. Notice what he said there in verse 8, be not afraid of their faces, <laughs> for I am with thee uh, to... Uh, deliver thee. So your assignment will be opposed. You're going to face enemies. Uh, people hated Jesus, and w- w- man, he was a, I mean, really, how could you not like? But people hated him, and if they despised him, there will be some people who will despise you. Joseph's brothers tried to de- destroy him. I mean, look, when when your brothers and your family sell you into slavery, you got a major public relations issue going on here. I mean, I, I mean, you, you you are in big trouble right here. And, and he was opposed. He was despised. They hated him. They mocked him. Not everybody's happy with you. <laughs> Not everybody's happy with you. Some of your family members are probably wondering, what in the world are you doing up there in Wisconsin, of all places? Uh, at least you could go to Florida. But then there's Odyssey restaurants, so that's probably you can tell them that's why you came up here. So, But um but not everybody, you know, nobody's really content with you the way you were born. You know, if when, you're, when you're little, if you're quiet, everybody tries to get you to talk. Come on, come on, say something, say something. If, you, if you're a motor mouth, they try to get you to shut up. <laughs> Nobody is satisfied. Uh, people are not satisfied with you a lot of times the way you are. You, and you're going to have opposition. Goliath was Israel's enemy, but, but Goliath was the means that God used to promote David. And the enemies you conquer will determine your promotions in life. So your assignment will be opposed. Uh, Your assignment is specific. Notice in verse 6 and verse 7. The Lord's, oh, uh, Jeremiah said, well, Lord, I can't speak. I'm like a child. And the Lord said, don't say I'm a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. His assignment was specific. Your assignment is specific. And often the blessing of God is overwhelming when you get in the place where God has for you. I want to say that um, your assignment is unique, and you are a fit for your assignment. You're a perfect fit for your assignment. You are genetically accurate for your assignment. And everything that's gone into your history thus far is preparation uh, for your destiny and your assignment. You know, I think back 40 years ago when I was in Bible college, and man, I remember the excitement, the enthusiasm. You know, back in those days, we didn't have much knowledge, but buddy, we were overloaded with zeal. And I think back how that those guys went out. We, I mean, we didn't have, we just didn't know a whole lot. You know how I passed Greek? I memorized the New American Standard, and I found out if you could ever figure out what verse it was, quote the New American Standard version, and you could get a C in Greek class. I mean, that's how, that's how I pulled it off. And, and we weren't very academic, but, uh, but at least we were zealous. <laughs> I'll tell you now, your assignment is specific. You're a fit for your assignment. Now, listen to me. I grew up in Southside, Virginia, uh, harvesting tobacco, of all things. My dad was nearly a half a century old when I was born. Some of the best things in life are unanticipated. Amen? <laughs> and um, <laughs> I have an assignment. <laughs> I have an assi- a geriatric assignment. But, uh, you yeah, no. Now, you are a fit for your assignment. Now, look, your design determines function. Design determines from all the things that have gone into our history and experience our preparation to minister to other people. Do you believe that and when you go through hard times, buddy, you are uniquely qualified. Listen, the broken become experts in mending. The broken become experts in mending. And Buddy, when you go through a crisis, when you go through a family issue, when you go through cancer, when you go through a death, all this kind of stuff, it, it, it's just it, it, you're, you're equipped with grace to help other people through similar situations. You're genetically accurate for your assignment. You're perfectly equipped to fulfill the mission God has called you to do. Now, you can't minister to everybody, but there's a target group you're going to connect with. I I say your gifts, abilities, and experiences qualify you for your assignment. Back in Bible college, uh, we would go out and preach uh, in the summer. One time we... I preached in 40 states in 80 days, 80 churches in 80 days. And, uh, and we preached all over the place, and, and I got back to college, and one of the pastors from California called and told Sumner Wimp, who was our uh, uh, Christian life service guy, and, and, and gave a good report about the meeting in California. So Dr. Wimp came to me, and he said, Harold, you've got to go where God uses you. Now, what he was saying is, you're not going to connect with everybody, but there are some places where you will connect, and you've got to minister to the people that you connect with. And I'm here to tell you, you are perfectly, perfectly situated uh, to minister to the group that God has called you to. Now, I know my assignment. I told you the other night, I finally was able to articulate my assignment. I hope you can articulate your assignment uh, quicker in life than I did. But I know what my assignment is. My assignment is to the hungry-hearted. My assignment is to the revival-hearted. And my assignment is to the broken-hearted. I connect with those groups. If they're hungry-hearted, there's a connection. If they're they're broken-hearted, there's a connection. If they've got a heart for revival, there's a connection. Now, that's just my assignment. Everybody has a unique, different assignment. So you need to identify the places and the people That you connect with. And when you're in the place where you're assigned, you're going to feel at home and be at peace. I remember Brother Van Gelderen, Brother Jim. What do they call you here? Dr. Jim? Okay, Dr. Jim. He told me one day, he said that, uh, talking about this youth uh, stuff that he does in church, he said, that's why I get up in the morning. He told me that one day. He said, that's why I get up in the morning. That's why I get up every day. That's his assignment. He's good at it. (laughs) He's gifted for it. He's made for it, and he's fulfilled by it. And when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, buddy, it's fun. I'm just telling you, it's not all, you know, roses and everything, and especially if you're Dave Young and have all that bad luck like he does, but um, it's uh, it's satisfying. It's fulfilling. I'm just telling you, it's tremendous. Now, knowing your assignment will eliminate jealousy. (laughs) You know, when a man knows his assignment, He's rejoicing in the other man that's having blessing because that other man's doing his assignment. I went to the Burlington Revival a few years back, 6,000 people under the tent, different kind of genre, different kind of situation here. But I was sitting back there rejoicing because that man was doing his assignment and the blessing of God was all over the place. (laughs) So when you're fulfilling your assignment, you're not in competition with other people. You're rejoicing over their blessing and and, and you're not in competition, but you're in cooperation with God's people and God's name, God's kingdom and God's will. Now, when you know where you belong and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, uh, you're rejoicing with others who are being blessed. Now, you shouldn't try to do anything other than your God given assignment. You know, everybody's a specialist. You can't do a hundred things. And if you're going to pastor a church, you don't need to be printing the bulletin. Trust God for a secretary, amen? I, I, I mean, you're going to have to limit yourself, narrow yourself down to the things that you're good at. I, I'm, look, I've got thousands of books in my library, most of which I've never read. But in my library, you'll never find a book on how to repair an automobile. I have no interest in repairing an automobile. I don't own, own Fords, I own Toyotas, so I don't need a book on how to repair an automobile. <laughs> but I'm not going to waste my time doing that. We're redoing our master bathroom. You know what that cost? It's incredible. And uh, I built the whole house for a hundred thousand. <laughs> they want a fortune to do the bath- But but I'm not going to do it because that's not my assignment. I remember back in the day, uh, not too long ago, about 30 years ago, you could build a house and sell it, make fifty, seventy-five thousand. 75000 you could just do that over and over, build bigger and bigger houses, you could make hundreds of thousands, well, we built three houses, subbed them out, subbed them out, and, and did enough to get a free house out of the thing, but I said to myself, God didn't call me to be a contractor, so I gave myself two months to build a house, and then we went on till we were able to buy a house, and, and, and I said, this is not my, assignment. I got to get back to doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm telling you, you know, there's seasons when you dedicate yourself to a purpose, but brother, you got to stick to your assignment. Now, let me talk to you about, about, uh, about this right here. Every believer has their place and their commission and nothing is more fulfilling than executing your personal assignment. Now let's talk about pursuing your assignment, pursuing your assignment. Discovering your assignment is just the beginning. Uh, Next comes the pursuit. Now, pursuit is the evidence of desire. Pursuit is the evidence of desire. You know the thing that's tragic? The lack of spiritual hunger in fundamental churches is a travesty and it's a tragedy. Well, I'm saved and secure, I got the right Bible, I'm showing up and uh, there ain't an ounce of hunger in a lot of places. Just trust me on this. Not an ounce of hunger. You know why? Because a lot of people don't want to learn anything new from God, they just want to have reinforced what they already believed. Most people are stamped by the time they're 30. 30. And by the time they're 30, what it is is what it is. There is no openness to God. There is no hunger to f- grow in grace. There is no hunger to learn anything new. There's a fear of anything new. You say, well, if it's true, it ain't new. And if it's new, it ain't true. That's a ridiculous statement. Notice I didn't say he's stupid. It's a ridiculous statement. Now, listen to me. There's nothing new to God. There ain't anything new to God. But there's a whole lot of things new to us. If we had a spiritual hunger, God might be able to reveal us some new truth. Apollos was one of the best orators in Christian history, well-versed on the gospel and the death and burial of Jesus, but ignorant of the Holy Spirit. Aquila and Priscilla came along, instructed him in the deeper things of God. So here's the greatest evangelist in the early church being mentored by a business couple, one of which was a woman, on on the Holy Spirit. He had a hole in his theology. And there was more for him to learn. And he was humble enough to submit himself and be taught by other people. And I'm just here to tell you brother, if you're not teachable, and if you don't remain hungry your whole life, all you're going to do is rehash the same old stuff over and over again. Preach the same old sermons over and over again. Do the same old ropes over and over again. I'm here to tell you brother, life is supposed to be an adventure brother. I'm telling you there's a pile of stuff I don't know. And the more, longer I live, the more I realize how little I really know! And brother, there's a lot. Of, there's an ocean of truth for somebody that had a hungry heart. Now let me find out what I was, where I was at right here. Oh yeah, yeah. Pursuit is the evidence of desire. <laughs> now put your heart into your assignment. You got to prepare for your assignment. That's why you're here. You all sense a call of God to some degree upon your life. That's why you're here. Amen. Jesus prepared 30 years for three and a half years of service. Find a mentor who's doing what you want to do and serve them. Spend time with them. Learn all you can from them. Ask questions. Show respect and glean and demonstrate appreciation for their investment in your life. Find a mentor. Uh, Dr. Jim and Dr. Not-So-Young, they're they're good at this. They they mentor people. They take people with them. Wow, this is great. Now, Elisha attached himself to Elijah. Ruth uh, clung to Naomi. The disciples walked and lived with Jesus. Get around people who are doing what you want to do. you got to train for your assignment. There are skills that you have to acquire. Place yourself in places uh, where you can acquire the knowledge and wisdom you need for your assignment. Ask the Holy Spirit to direct you. Direction is more important than location. Direction is more important than location because where you are may not be where you'll always be. So, you're heading in the right direction. Get around somebody that's doing what you want to do. Now, it's often out of pain that we get a revelation of our assignment and our reassignment. Can I tell you something? The call, gifts and callings of God are without repentance, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be doing the same identical thing your entire life. Now, um, the older you get, you can't keep on doing the stuff. The, the, notice I'm not saying stupid. Uh, You you can't keep on doing the irresponsible things you used to do when you were younger. Now, when Dave Young turns 50, he better not go up to Wendy's and say, supersize me or it will become a a self-fulfilling prophecy. (laughs) You can't eat like you used to. You can't stay up all night like you used to. You know your 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 energy kind of comes out. So you got to do what you can do. I find myself in a position I can't sit in a chair for 15 hours a day. I just don't. I don't have the 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 the, the resilience to do. I can drive 18 hours a day and preach five times the next day. I just can't do that anymore. You know? Are, are, are you with me right here? So when you go through life, you know your assignment. You're executing your assignment, and sometimes you come into a reassignment. Uh, I, I know I have a friend, he turned 60. Hewlett Packard laid him off. <laughs> he uh, went into business. He got, he got a hold of that uh, statement by Wesley when it comes to money make all you can, save all you can, give all you can. That kind of gripped him. So he got into a business. He took, called me up one day said he made $33,000 one day. Dave, Dave young got 100 bucks, but this guy got 33,000 one day. Can you believe that? And I, and 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 you know what he's he's giving the largest tithe checks he's ever given. He's helping people like he's never been able to help them before. So he got a reassignment. All right, so you can you know, uh, every exit is an entrance into a new season, you know. Now, uh When you enter a different season, there there are are times when things dry up where you're at. Now, when the creek dries up, it may be time to move on. When Elijah's provision dried up, that was a clue he needed to go on to the widow woman's house to save himself and her and her son. So uh, there's this thing of reassignment. I want to throw this in. Did you know that your spiritual giftedness can change according to the reassignment that you get? You know, those spiritual gift tests. Anybody ever taken a spiritual gift test? Really? Hmm. Anybody ever taken? Put put your hands up. Don't be embarrassed. You're not going to be kicked out of school for this. (laughs) I always scored high on prophecy, exhortation, and administration. Always. But about three and a half, four years ago, in our office, it's only three of us, and I said, let's take the spiritual gift test again. Guess what my above all other spiritual gift according to this test was. It was not administration, it was not prophecy, and it was not exhortation. You know what it was? It was mercy. I told my son he couldn't believe it. (laughs) But you know what? When I watched those commercials we do have a television, I'm sorry, but we do have a And when I watch those commercials on Jude, St. Jude's Hospital and those little babies that's got no hair because of chemo, oh, this bothers me. I have a friend. He had lung cancer 30 years ago. God healed him. God healed him. Now it's back on him. I carry that every day. I don't try to do this. This is not like I'm intentionally do it's just i can't help it i have a reassignment i'm I'm in the hospital and there's somebody's over there and they're you know they're discolored and the fat's all gone and they're just skin and bones and they got cancer and man all i need is one glance just one glance it so moves me so i have a a reassignment and my assignment is to the broken-hearted I have a reassignment to pray over sick people. I have a reassignment to minister to people, and I'm just telling you this is just my experience. So I called up my friend Ralph Satur. I said, "Hey Ralph, uh, can your gift in this change?" And Ralph Satur said, "Yeah, Harold. When you enter a new season, uh, God regifts you to accommodate the season that you're in." Well, I've never heard of that. I never thought about that. But apparently, that's the way it works. So, you know, you find your assignment, and then sometimes you get a redirection. Now, number three, let's talk about this for a moment, discovering your assignment. Now, here's a list of questions on this piece of paper right here. Look look at these questions right here that will help you unwrap the reason for your existence on planet Earth. Notice the first question. What causes you to smile? What makes you laugh? You know, I love a revival atmosphere. When I get in a revival atmosphere and and it's on, I start laughing. And I know God's in it. I know what songs are good by the ones that make me laugh. (laughs) Whenever I see my grandchildren or think of them, I start laughing. They make me smile. (laughs) They're my assignment. By the way, my grandchildren are one of my assignments. I take them out to Dollar Tree. I'm Santa Claus, buddy, and I you know, get five, I get ten things, and I have to approve them. <laughs> and, uh, I took them to check Chuck E. Cheese. There's a sacrifice. And uh, <laughs> but they're my assignment. You know what? When I kick the bucket, I want my grandchildren, my children to know one thing. Poppy loved them. I want them to know that. They're my assignment. <laughs> Boy, that, that brings me laughter. So they're my assignment. Now, what makes you smile? Number two, what makes you cry? When Nehemiah heard about the tragedy back in uh, the Holy City, he sat down and mourned and wept many days. He was moved, deeply burdened. Uh, He was moved to tears. Wasn't a momentary flash of emotion. He was deeply moved. What causes you to cry? (laughs) Tears are a clue as to your assignment. But if you weep over something, that might be your assignment. Now, whose pain affects you? Whose pain affects you? Whose tears move you? You ever go down to the project? Some of you are, some of y'all are mercy people, and when you go to the projects and you see those children living in those sordid conditions, and it's just, uh, it brings tears to your eyes. Well, that could be your assignment. I mean, what causes you to cry? Whose tears move you? What do you love? I mean, what do you love? Can I say something to you? You need to be passionate about God and having a little emotion about the things of God is not a mark of carnality. I know y'all are Yankees, but brother, come on down to the south and we'll teach you how to enjoy church, all right? Just come on down there. Kidding, just kidding, here, brother. <laughs> what do you love? I mean, what do you love hungry to hear about? You know, I like, I like fishing, so if I see on Facebook some guy that's got a 10-pound bash, you know, I'll, I'll just look at that thing right there. I, I, I like that, you know. And, and, you know, sports people, they like to talk about sports, cheese heads. Can you believe that? In the airport, cheese hats. I mean, can you believe that? And, uh, pet, you know, pet owners are excited about their pets. I was uh, up in Maine one time in a meeting and staying in a home. Whew, thank the Lord that's over. And I was in this home, and we were having a cereal and uh, the, the, the dishes were all immaculate. And when one of the kids uh, quit eating the cereal, the mother took the bowl and put it on the floor. And a dog with a tongue as long as my arm came over and commenced to lap up. And, and I suddenly lost my appetite for cereal uh, that week. But you know, pet owners, they're wild about it. They're wild about their pet. And pet owners are unaware that not everybody is as crazy. About their slobbering, stinking dogs as they are. Are you with me on this right here? But they love that. They love that. Amazing. So what do you love to hear about? What do you love to talk about? Now, listen, you're only going to have wisdom for something you love. Everybody ought to become an expert at one thing in life. You ought to become an expert at one thing in life. Everybody. Because that's your assignment. And, buddy, when you're doing your assignment, I'm telling you, it is a spring of joy that comes to you, that energizes you. Now, uh, what do you do that brings you joy? What do you do that makes you happy? Uh, What do you do that brings happiness to others? What do people compliment you for? Listen, pay attention to what people say. You know, I've always not paid attention. I have attention deficit disorder, I'm sure, and and when people would tell me stuff, I just kind of shove it off. You need to listen and pay attention to the compliments people give you, because that's a clue clue as to what you're gifted to do. Now, what do you dream about? Oh, I hope you have some dreams. Hope you have some holy aspirations. Hope you have some big desires. Hope you have some big expectations. we got to get out of our self-limited beliefs we got to quit limiting God with our unbelief. And I'm telling you, when the Spirit of God comes on somebody, brother, it births dreams in the old men. It puts visions in the hearts of the young people. And I want to tell you, I don't care how old you are, your, your dreams ought to be bigger than your memories. Your dreams ought to always be bigger than your memories. And get out of this, uh, this defeatist, defensive mentality. Conservative Christianity is whipped. We have, a, we have a defensive mentality. We got the walls up, brother. We're not, we're not trying to conquer anything. We're just trying to hold on. And we got this defeatist mentality that is limited uh, the Spirit of God. We need some sanctified dreams. Can I just say that to you? I hope you go out and do something for the glory of God that's so fantastic that, brother, heaven will marvel, and we'll all be rejoicing about it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you, brother. You know, brother Jim, Dr. Jim, when you were in Keystone Heights, Florida, a long time ago, the Spirit of God came on that meeting, and Pastor Mark Stevens said it's the best meeting they ever had in their entire life. I don't know, how we have hundreds of people saved or something. It was incredible. Well, brother, hallelujah for what has happened, but glory be to God for what's going to happen by the grace of God. All oh, we need some sanctified ambitions and dreams. What, what, what arouses your indignation? What makes you mad? One guy said that Christians should never get angry. I'm not going to use the word stupid, but I am going to say I don't believe that. If you're not angered by the abuses and the injustices and the crimes committed against children and other, if there's not some holy anger rising up in you, there's something wrong with you, brother. You need a hormone shot. Now, uh, there's something not right. Now, I'm not talking about being angry and furious and, and harsh and hateful all the time, but buddy. A little, a little holy anger is a key to repentance, is it not? Remember in Corinthians how that they were passive and doing nothing, and Paul rebuked them, and what indignation, what vengeance, what, what revenge rose up in their hearts, how they took the witness stand against their own hearts. They got upset with themselves, and that was the forerunner to their repentance and dealing with sin in the camp. Are you with me on this right here? No, no, notice this. What energizes you? But if I get around somebody that's talking about a red-hot revival, man, I get energized. <laughs> I get in a red-hot prayer meeting, boy, I get energized. (laughs) I'm just telling you, there's a church in Charlotte, it's not a Baptist church, but I've been following it a little bit because they started having a Monday night prayer meeting um, in July off the cuff. 2,000 people showed up the first night for a prayer meeting. They've been praying every Monday since with the exception of the holidays. Wow. What energizes you? I I mean, what, what fires you up? I mean, what just motivates you and gets you going? Well, the, the answers to these questions will provide clues as to your assignment. Now, listen to me. You might be spot on in your mission, but you've never crystallized in your mind what your assignment is. Now, many people never clarify their purpose in life. I believe most church members have no idea why they're here. Come, sit, listen, agree, support. Well, you ought to come, you ought to agree, you ought to listen, you ought to support, but you ought to get on mission with doing what you're supposed to be doing. (laughs) And and, and this whole institutionalism, uh, uh, it's worse than Catholicism. uh, Of having an allegiance to a movement or an ideal or or an... Our allegiance is to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we ought to back up and be dependable and support and help uh, where we are called to serve. But brother, Jesus is the king, and it's not my movements the king. I believe in what I'm doing. But you know, that's my assignment. That's not everybody's assignment. And what you're supposed to do is what you ought to be doing. And brother, we're doing it for the glory of God. So so uh, if you can weep over abused children, they might be your assignment. Oh, if, if that moves your heart. If you can weep over the lost, well, that's your assignment. I like to get around soul winners. Man, I like to get around these people. They're just fired up all the time. And... Uh, That's their assignment. If you can weep over revival, then that could be your assignment. If you're angered about injustice, that might be a clue as to your mission in life. If you get fired up about teaching men, women, or young people, you need to follow your heart. You know, the Bible says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of... Everybody's looking for the will of God everywhere except in their own hearts. We've taught to be suspicious of our own hearts. I just want to say this. Most churches have a strong theology of depravity. Very few have a strong theology of victory. So people are shamed, guilted, beat down, leveled reminded of every sorry thing they've ever done listen friend if God's put his path your past behind him it's about time you put it behind you that you got up got up out of the pit and say well I'm just a sinner saved by grace no you're more than a sinner saved by grace you're a child of the living God you're more than a conqueror thanks be unto God that gives us us the victory you're justified sanctified you're the righteousness of God in Christ I got an old heart but I'm not the old heart I got a new heart I got a new in nature I got new spiritual fingerprints I'm a child of the living God and I want to tell you brother I'm a child of the king and so are you and brother get over all of this uh, in naval gazing Irish music de- uh, depressing kind of looking inside all the time get over some of that stuff brother and, and get pull out the tambourine in your heart in your backyard somewhere and have, a, have yourself a spell I have a good time in my private devotions I'll just tell you that right now <laughs> delight yourself in the Lord when you delight yourself in God, what you want is what God wants. I'm not talking about your old nature. Listen, your old nature is in you, but you're not in the old nature. You're not, the flesh is in you, but you're not in the flesh. If, in the flesh, if so be the Spirit of God dwell in you. Romans 8, that's something. Now, by honestly answering these questions, you get catapulted toward your destiny. And you're going to get more insight as additional pieces of the puzzle come your way in your journey through life. Now, fulfillment is the reward for executing your assignment. You know, I wouldn't want to do anything else than what I'm doing. I like what I do. I don't like getting to where I'm going, but I like it when I get there. I'm just telling you, and fulfillment is reward for fulfilling your assignment. Now, listen to me, men, men, guys, you, you have an assignment to your family. To provide for them. Listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. It's not the will of God for God's people to be Obamacare Baptist. I'm against the prosperity gospel. I'm more opposed to the poverty gospel. If you don't provide for your own, you're worse than an infidel. Churches with millionaires got their staff signed up on Medicaid. I want to tell you something. you got a responsibility, sir, to do what you got to do to provide. You have an assignment to protect and to shepherd your family. Now, you have an assignment to your call, calling. Now, discovering your assignment will bring an explosion of joy. <laughs> it will dry up your tears, unload your burdens, baptizes you with purpose. Depression leaves, fear subsides as you pursue and fulfill your assignment you know you say well well man what about all these birds and what about the losses we incur and what about the sicknesses that's in our bodies well I figured this out death is the most democratic institution on the planet so far the ratio is one death per person I'm going to die you're going to die seven billion people they're all going to die But I'll tell you one thing, brother, we might have some disease in our bodies, but we're still alive right now, so let's give it what we've got. Let's pull out the stops. Let's thank God not for what we've lost, but thank God for whatever we've got left. And let's believe God for the provision and the energy and the vision to fulfill our purpose on earth. You know, when we stand before the Lord, if we could just hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. But that's where it's at, isn't it? And we're going to hear that when we fulfill our assignment. So here's what I want you to do. Take your little uh, paper right there and and look over those questions. And um, I want you to write down in two or three sentences what you you believe your current assignment is at this particular time. What is your dream? What is your vision? Look over these questions and just come up with a a concise uh, explanation of what you believe your assignment to be at this current time. Okay? Just, Just take a few moments like that. Just uh, mull over those questions at this current level in your journey, just write down what you believe your current assignment is. Some of us older guys, you need to maybe think about a reassignment. Every 10 years, seasons change in a person's life. About every 10 years, it's it's a brand new season. Things are different. You guys are going to get married. That's going to be different. Children are going to come. That's going to be different. Your parents are going to die. It's going to be different. You're going to be locked into a ministry somewhere. That's going to be different. Every About every 10 years, seasons change, and we have to, we have to negotiate uh, the journey and the place on our journey where we're at at a given time. So sometimes there's time, need for a reassignment, so to speak. girls, I just want to say, you have an assignment to be a godly mother probably. Wow. <laughs> Children are great. Well, that's your assignment. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Put that down there. You say, well, I don't know what my assignment is. Well, you know, just look at the Bible. Uh, godly wife, godly mother, You know, and start there. Godly husband. <laughs> Whatever. Just, just put out those things. Can I encourage you to, to bless your parents while you're writing? Bless them. Thank God for them. Hallelujah. They've paid them. You say, well, they're not perfect. Well, you're not perfect either. And none of us are. So, so just bless them while you can. If, you've got to say, if you need to say something to your mom and dad, say it now. Call them up today. <laughs> just tell them. Just appreciate Do something nice for them. Just bless them. They're your assignment as long as they're alive. And then you have an assignment to honor them after they're gone. All right. So Pastor Van Gelderen is going to give us direction here. But um, I would encourage you to share your assignment with a confidant today. Maybe before you leave here, i probably have to go to lunch. So whatever the schedule is, but I would encourage you to share with uh, somebody who's a f- trusted friend what you believe your assignment is and vice versa. And uh, and, 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 you know, you tweak it as you go along. Goals are long-term, and then you have short-term uh, steps to get to the long-term. And when you fulfill those, then you start all over, and you come up with more dr- dreams and visions and so on and so forth. Okay? Thank you so much, preacher. You come.